Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bowlology Report. Damien Fleming here. Plenty to talk about. The men's ashes starts tomorrow at the Gabba. It's very, very exciting. And the banter on social media. Ex-players are going at current players, vice versa. It's been excellent to have a look at and building up the passion going into this Gabba test match. Also, the England won the last Mm -hmm. T20 Game the the ladies and but unfortunately for them the Aussies have uh, regained the Ashes. We've got Brad Hodges, social media self promoter award. Also, our guide, our special guest is going to th- go through his guide to having a beer after a bowling day. And our special guest today is one of the greatest fast bowlers Australia's produced. One of the greatest characters this country's produced. One of the greatest men that has been born down under, Jason Dizzy Gillespie. Diz, welcome to the Bowlology Report. Thank you very much, Flem. Thanks, Hodgie. Really excited to be here. Um, it's fantastic. Thank you for inviting me. No, it is. And Hodgie's coaching at the Victorian Second Eleven at the moment, right. so we'll be hoping to at least get him in for the Social Media Self-Promoter Award. Hey, is, uh, Diz, you were known as Mr. Ashes during your career. 65 wickets at 29, a best of 7 for 38. At Headingley in 1997? Yeah, 737, Flem. Uh, no, you've done your research I just did there. a little half volley there. Yeah, I know I you just did. wanted to know if it was your best, you knew just your checking. best volley. Oh, yep. I knew it, I knew yep. it. Um, does that mean it's self-promotion or? It might be, but no, it's not on social media. <laughs> right, okay, so yeah. that's fine, that's fine. No, but look, I, I was very fortunate to represent our country um, and play in a number of Ashes series. Uh, four winning ones, which four was of great. Them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very fortunate man. So, And yeah, you're comfortable yeah. with the title, Mr. Ashes? Um, well, you're the first person that's ever said it, and I think you're the only one, and you're the only one that ever will. So, but thank you, I appreciate it. Hey, Diz, what about when I think of you at the Gabba? Um, obviously, bowling those fast deliveries that you used to bowl, and uh, in the uh, Gillespie hallway of hesitation. What about the fifty against New Zealand at the Gabba career highlight? Yeah, one of the career highlights, absolutely. And and watching Pidgey get his 61 at the other end, uh, probably the equivalent of Ricky getting 800, <laughs> um, which was uh, which was amazing to watch and to be. And that was worked end. out, wasn't it? Because he was averaging six and got six. I think he was averaging five. Five. Yeah, so yeah, he got 12 60. Times. So that's over 12 times his average. So yeah, so what would Ricky average? 57 or yeah. something. So yeah, well over 600. And the celebration for 50. At the Happy Gilmore Happy Place, that, yeah. that was a commitment to a mate of yours. Or the, something? To the Adelaide Cricket Club, uh, I did Buffaloes. say I did say the Mighty Buffaloes. I said I would do a skip down the wicket if I ever got a fifty in Test cricket, which at the time I never thought would be possible. Um, 
And because test matches only go five days, exactly. So did right. you think you, there wasn't enough time to no, make a fifty? Pretty much with the with strike rate, with the strike rate of five, yeah. I <laughs> uh, thought it'd be a bit of a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> and um, well, well, do you remember a little story? I heard a little whisper that um, you, you got heckled a little bit by your batting partner I when did. you went into the dressing rooms. I did, Flem. Um, and this started immediately after. Um, Glenn and my 100-plus partnership against New Zealand <laughs> at the Gabba. And um, as I was taking the pads off and um, we were getting ready to go out and bowl, um, Glenn actually said to me, oh, so, um, Diz, what's your highest test score? And from then on, the banter just went on and So you on couldn't just enjoy your on. first 50? I was, just, I was trying to enjoy my mate's first-class first 50. I was trying to enjoy my first test yeah. 50. Um, but, yeah, he had to rub... Rub it in, um, yep. wind me up, and probably spurred me on to bigger things. But oh, I had two hundred and one. We know. I, I had my day. Yeah, well, many many days later. Now, well done on your your fifty four. Thank you. At uh, the Gabba, um, just seventeen runs short of my highest score there. Seventy one <laughs> against England, ninety eight, ninety nine. Hey mate, what about our guide to cricket this week? And the first off, what about Aussie selection? What, what were your thoughts when you first heard Tim Payne is wicketkeeper for the first two tests? I, I genuinely was shocked. I, you know, he'd been involved with the T20 side, but he hadn't been playing for Tasmania. I no. think he kept in five of Tasmania's last 23 Oof. first-class games, uh, 23 Shield games. He, he'd been playing as a specialist batter. Um, in his last three years, he'd been averaging 16 with a bat in Sheffield Shield cricket. Yeah. So that you, you could argue quite strongly that that contradicts the whole what the selectors, yeah, performing shield, um, you know, which other guys have been given opportunities through sheer volume of performance. Um, so that that contradicted it a little bit. Um, listening to the selectors and the reasoning behind it, obviously, Tim, you know, look, the fact that he's he's a fine keeper is has been without question. We yeah. all know that. We, we we appreciate that and we respect his work. But I think it's just the way that um, the selectors came out and made it very clear that spots were up for grabs and whoever grabbed those opportunities would potentially get opportunities. I don't see how Tim Payne necessarily grabbed those opportunities. I do like how they've left the door open that you might be batting six or or bowling third change in shield cricket and you could keep for your country. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, well, you could be playing Futures League and... uh, you know, it's, yeah, so it, it's, look, it, it's very And the thing is about Tim Payne, though, like, I, I was coaching him at the academy. You know, he is a fine cricketer, mm. tough man. He looks like a pretty boy, but mm. he's got real resilience about yeah. him. Those yeah. four tests in India seven years ago, he averaged 36. Yeah, that, that's seven years ago. Um, you know, kept quite well, I would have thought. On that logic, I should be batting three for Australia. Yeah, yours was how long ago? You just said Tim Payne seven years ago. Seven years ago. How long was yours? Ten years ago. You could probably about eight. Right. Okay. Each year you dropped right. down a bit. Right. But okay. I'm just saying that I would have thought after Brad hadn't retired, I thought yeah. at that stage Tim Payne was the man. But uh, he had that injury blow. Dirk mm. Nanners smashed yeah. his hand um, yeah. in a in a celebrity game. You know, he felt like it didn't affect his keeping as much, but just his batting and the way he was gripping the bat. But the thing is, is he going to give you much more than what? We've already seen from Peter Neville in Test match cricket and Matthew Wade. That that that's the for, big for, one for are me. Are you thinking from a batting point of view or a keeping from point both? Of view? Well, well, for Neville, for me, Neville is a fine keeper. Um, I, I per, my personal opinion, I didn't think he should have been dropped in the first place. Same for Wade. with me. 
And then when Wade got the opportunity, I think he's being judged on performances in the subcontinent, which is notoriously difficult to keep up to the stumps a lot. He's going to be in Australia. He would have been keeping back to the quicks for the majority of the time. Um, so, you know, Wade could potentially consider himself a little bit unlucky In the as well. subcontinent, but, he was batting, but... However, I think yeah. that the general consensus is that the right decision to change the keeper was is justified. It's just that the fact they've picked Payne has been a bit of a surprise for people. Uh, what about the other two, Cam Bancroft? I'm a bit of a traditionalist. Mm. You know, I feel like if you played the last test and you've been going okay, mm. it, it's for you to lose. Yep. And so I, I would have been quite conservative. I could have lived with Renshaw mm. opening Maxwell 6 and Neville 7. Mm. But the one bloke who has at least just put some big numbers up there after being... Close to selection two years ago on yep. the Bangladesh tour that got called off was yep. Cam Bancroft. So at least for me, um, he can't be any more comfortable or confident going into his first test match with the amount of runs that he scored. Yeah. it's uh, uh, Look, I, I've, I've, I completely agree. I, I think the fact that he's scored a lot of, lot of runs, he was told, right, high performance um, manager Pat Howard, coach Darren Lehman, Chairman Selectors Trevor Holmes have all been very clear. Performances in Shield cricket are going to count. And this is why it's a little bit So he's one that has pain. ticked that box. He, he's absolutely done that. Um, you know, this is where I think sometimes the selectors can contradict themselves because they say, oh, in the past, someone has performed strongly and got a game. Cameron Bancroft in the past, he averaged 28 in Shield cricket last year. So you, you're not taking his past, you're only focusing on the present now. With other selections, you're not taking the present into account, but you're focusing on the past. So this is where I think... Inconsistencies. The general public find that a little bit confusing. So this is where potentially I think selectors can be a bit better with the clarity of um, explanation uh, with with regard to selection and, importantly, non-selection. And for Sean Marsh, it's pretty clear. You know, he's been in and out of the team eight times, averages mid-30s. Didn't force his way in, just averaged about 39 in shield cricket. When he bats at his best, I said last week, he looks as good as any batsman in Australia. But um, he's got two tests, hasn't he? Yeah, c- completely agree. He's uh, He'll probably get a couple, may get more. Uh, but I sense that if he's going to bat in that pivotal number six position, position, you just wonder whether after the first two tests, the selectors looking to Perth, Melbourne, are thinking we may need another seam bowling option in the top six. Yep. So they may look to make a change. So hence, Sean Marsh maybe played these first two tests, as you mentioned. We'll review his uh, how he's gone. What we want from number six. And what we want from number six, and we'll go from there. Uh, what about the, the banter that's been going on on Twitter, Diz? So did I, you, were you on top of that? I look, mean, Nate Lyon was a press conference, and he said yeah. that uh, uh, Matty Pryor, the, the, mm. the former English keeper, was, was scared mm. um, in that game against... Um, when Mitchell Johnson was bowling quite quick in that series there, and Matty Pryor, he just unloaded on mm. Twitter. Um, and then a response from Mitchell Johnson. Which you quite enjoyed. I, I thought Mitchell Johnson, he, he, he won that battle, I reckon. <laughs> he, he sort of mentioned that, um, well, if you weren't scared, we apologise, mm. but um, I did enjoy picking up your bat that you threw in mm. the bin after that test match, yeah. which could be read that that was the end of your career there. But mm. um, And then also the big docs. Matty Hayden and Ben Stokes. So mm-hmm. Haydos has gone out there with um, they're, they're a rabble and I don't know half the team. And Benny Stokes has gone, well, you, you call yourself a um, media pundit and you don't know half the team. How are you going? But um, I don't mind it. 
I don't mind the banter pre-series. It, it just fine. puts more interest in. Yeah, and, and really, once you get on the field, how much does that come into play anyway? Yeah, I, I think everyone's just taking it with a grain of salt. I think that the Nathan Lyon, Matt Pryor, I think knowing Nathan, he's, he's a deadpan type of character. He's just having a little bit of a laugh. He would have yeah. said that, had a little giggle and thought nothing of it. And it's now turned into a bit of a uh, social media storm. Um, you know, Matty Pryor, I, I think part of him would have wanted to laugh it off. But but if you're basically what Nathan has in, in jest has suggested is that um, you know, you're questioning someone's heart and someone's ticket, and that 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 could annoy people, and, and yep. it certainly annoyed Matt Pryor, and he's come back pretty strong. The only thing I would say is, if I was facing Mitchell Johnson in that series, I would have been scared. No, no question. And let's, <laughs> let's be honest. I mean, you know, anyone who says they genuinely love facing 90 plus mile an hour fast no, bowling that's you. coming through your throat height, is and it's lying. also um, you know the bet that. The way that Johnson bowled, there was mm. sheer hostility, isn't there? Like, you mm. can bowl fa- face fast people who are skidders a bit, and you just know, well, they're trying to get me out bowled or LB, mm. so yeah. I don't think they're going to bounce me too much un- until I'm set. Mm. But Mitchell Johnson, that that extreme pace, but also that unique bounce you get off the length, I don't mm. want to face that. No, certainly not. And, and I think, reflecting on that series, I, I think England just were basically laughing off the threat of Mitchell Johnson. They'd seen him as a bit of a pantomime villain in the past and that who couldn't really control the ball uh, and who got affected by the crowd. So, yeah. But, you know, those in the know, and Changed. I know speaking to Troy Cooley, he said before that series, he said, this guy, just watching, he is going to absolutely tear the house down. And uh, and he's proven very correct. And we've got a few blokes who might be doing that as well, Cummins, mm. Stark and, and mm. Josh Hazelwood. Hey, you've had a look at the Gabba pitch. What were mm. your thoughts? I think it's a pretty good surface. It's something we're pretty much Gabba test wicket. We say it every single year it's gonna it's gonna do a little bit early doors, particularly with uh, first hour or so. Particularly if there's a little bit of atmospheric conditions, but it will be a good batting surface. The ball will come onto the bat nicely. Um, batsmen will be able to predict the if they're judging length, they'll, they'll be able to trust the bounce. Consistent bounce. It'll be consistent for them, and they'll be able to play their shots. You know, when they hit through the line. And they'll get rewarded for those shots. And uh, I know you you um, you have some stats on the Gabba Oh, well, uh, it's wicket. quite amazing because I know myself just in a couple of tests I played there in Shield games, unless it was green seamers, I felt on day three, two, three and four, yeah. like it was an absolute belter because the mm. actual ball come on and I found like the avenue of apprehension, mm. it actually got smaller and smaller if yeah. you weren't getting there. Now, if yeah. you bowled on day one that was swinging um, on a little bit green, happy mm. days, then I had a test match, the odd shield game, you know, on day four and day five, it went reverse. Yeah. So you, you were in the game. But between that, I reckon it was a, a batathon. And you look uh, on QuickBiz, it's actually mm. a good analysis uh, cricket site. Yeah. It's the third quickest scoring ground in the world, 3.27 runs per over. It averages, averages 35 a wicket, mm. which is really, really high. And the other one I thought was. I always think Warney getting so many wickets here. I played in tests where McGill got Stuart McGill got wickets, but spinners average forty five um, a wicket here. So it's not actually as bowler friendly as people think. Mm. And particularly for the spin, if they're minimal spin, and yes, you get a bit of bounce, but um, I reckon your corridor gets really, really small as a spinner as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head. You um, the avenue of apprehension. Um, it does become narrow. Um, the the spot you're looking to hit on the pitch, you know, as a bowler, your goal you want to make that area as big as possible. 
but you know, good batting and you know the the nature of the surface dictates how big that spot on the surface yes. is. And um, yeah, gather. You know, I felt it at times as well in in the times I've played there uh, that. You know, your margin for error was uh, was a lot less. Hey, Diz, what about uh, the fast bowling cartel? I read reports during the week, big Joshy Hazelwood and Starkey and Patrick yep. Cummins and Jackson Bird. They watched some vision to pump themselves up. They watched yep. Mitchell Johnson's uh, video highlights of that 2013-14 season, which was... Exhilarating. Did they play that to the tune of Eye of the Tiger? It would have to be Eye of the Tiger. Tiger. Would you think a bit of a pump up? But that is miles away from the videos we used to watch when we were playing for Australia. We used to watch things like Dumb Dumber, Ace Ventura Pet Detective, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Um, And from what that says, a different era for me. But also, what about where, where does the banter go on the field? I remember, you know, when it was struggling a bit on the field there, and Mm. one of us would just have to say, you know, hey, pull over. You know, and you'd say... But it's a cardigan. Thanks for thanks noticing. Thanks for noticing. You know, a bit of laughter during the test bit match. Of a they can't do that, the modern no. fast bowling cartel. They've just got Mitchell Johnson highlights there. Yeah. Maybe well, if they did have music background, you could hum that. But Yeah, true. It's a change of error. Yeah, I don't know it, if it's it, it certainly the, is. But I don't know if it's for the best, though. Yeah. Um, Warner's injured, but he's going to play, they reckon. But if he doesn't, Glenn Maxwell's coming up. Yep. I'm hearing the latest is Sean Marsh will go up to open. Right. From number six. Okay. So that's a big call. And Maxwell will slot in at six. But six. it is likely that Warner will play. Right. Um, and we need him. We need the bull, not the rev. We want yeah, the bull. We don't want the rev. Leave the rev with the family, right. hotel room, cross the white line. Yep. The bull's going to play shots. And I, I rate our batting a little bit better. Like Smith and Root might cancel each other out. Yeah. Warner's ahead of Cook in my boot. But Usman Khawaj is the man. Average is 64. Yeah. I'm banking on a big series for him. I, I don't disagree. Uh, Usman's um, recent uh, record in Australia, not just at the Gabba, but all around the country, he, he's been phenomenal. He, you know, we know of his, um, he, he's had some uh, struggles um, on the subcontinent. Um, what is interesting to know, he, but right arm off spin is not Usman Khawaja's strength. Yeah. And, you know, he has struggled um, against various off-spinners um, in the past. So I suspect if England have done their homework, and I'm sure they, they have, don't be surprised, even if the ball is, is hard and new, that Mo and Ali comes on and bowls to Usman Khawaja early on. That's your call, is it? And for, for Usman, I'd just play him like a slow-medium bowler. He's not going to mm. spin it that far. He's not going to spin come. it. No. What about English batting? The worry for me is... Three of the top five are unproven at test level. Yep. Stoneman, Vince, and Milan. Yep. Uh, you know a fair bit about English cricket. Mm. They, they need two of them to yep. perform, don't they, if they're going to win this series. Yep, and it's going to be obviously opening the batting uh, with Cook. Uh, I think Stoneman's probably the best equipped. Um, he's played a, a, bit of, a lot of grade cricket in Sydney. Um, he's, he's played at Durham, at Chesterler Street, for the majority of his career. I know he's moved to Surrey now, but he's played the majority of his career there and scored... Uh, really good runs in. Looks like he in, knows his game quite he, well. He does. Yeah. He, he's his idol is Michael Dibonudo, and uh, oh, wow. so he plays. So he's he, going to full half volleys. Pretty much. He he, <laughs> he plays well, square of the wicket, um, off the back foot. He's not afraid to take the bowlers on. Um, he knows where his off stump is. He look. He is a good player. I think he can adapt. James Vince um, is an interesting selection. Um, the I think though the selectors hierarchy feel that he's got. 
the back foot game to succeed in Australia. Okay. But if you look at his Division 2 to Division 1 batting averages in county cricket in England, uh, Division 1 being the, the division where most of the um, test grounds yeah. are at and, and tend to have the deeper bowling attacks, he doesn't average anywhere near uh, what he averages in Division 2 uh, against the probably the, yeah. the more medium pace attacks. So that'll be interesting to see that those numbers kind of contradict what the selectors have, have well, seen. Yeah. Um, However, you know, there have been glimpses where at times he scored good runs against some good attacks. So that's probably what the selectors have seen. And look, we'll see how he goes batting at three. I think England need to be on the front foot and bat Joe Root at three. He's their best player. Um, but for him, the two, it's interesting that both captains want to bat at four and they don't want to bat no. at three, being the side's best player. So that's an interesting um, decision by those guys. And Darwin I think, Milan, I think Stephen Smith's not against three. I just right. think feel like well, where do you bat Kawaja then? Yeah, yeah, and that, that's probably a good point. Yeah. So, but English, you know, if they can be get some runs and and blunt the new mm. ball, yeah, I see Bearstow and Ali and Wokes, uh, particularly mm. the the first two of them. They're serious yeah, test they, players, they, they, and they um, score very quickly. They they score at good pace. Um, you know, Bearstow certainly doesn't um, is not shy. Um, averages. Um, 15 40, test yeah. cricket, you know, or yeah. close to 15 test cricket. I mean, he is, um, you know, the, the best performed, uh, wicketkeeper batsman ever for England. Uh, if you're looking at raw data, raw numbers, yeah. um, he's at the top of the tree. Um, so he needs to be respected. He's a very good player. He is vulnerable if, you know, you attack the stumps early. Um, you know, one, he, well, he can score off the stumps, but he also can miss a straight one from time to time. So I know Australia, if they've done their homework, they'll be looking to home in on that off stump. Okay, angry during the week. Um, well, well, well disappointed. I was a little bit sad. One of my favourite bands of all time, ACDC. We're yep. both rock fans. Yep. Malcolm Young, um, founder of the band, rhythm guitar. Now yep. up there with Keith Richards as the yep. greatest rhythm guitarist of all time. Passed away. Yep. And um, I went through a day just going through, you know, Power Age, Back in mm. Black, Cold Way to Hell, yep. all that sort of stuff. And then I saw on social media a little interview, our Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull. Right. What did he have to say? And uh, they just asked him, you know, how sad it was that, you know, Malcolm Young passed away. And he mm. said, yes, it is. And they just said, oh, can you name your, your favourite ACDC song? That's when there was silence. And that's when I got a bit angry. Surely, like, I don't care about dual citizenship. You know, you can be yeah. triple yeah. citizenship and still be a politician in Australia. If you don't know an ACDC song, yeah. you can't be a politician, let, let, alone, let alone Prime, Prime Minister. Minister. Mm. Yeah, your it, thoughts. Yeah, very disappointing to uh, hear and read about that. Um, a long way you know, to the top. If you want to rock and roll. But how can Malcolm know that? And then I, I thought to help them out, if they don't know the music, Aussie music, mm. what about we cricketers walk out in one-day games T20 to songs, their favourite songs and all that sort of stuff. Why can't politicians, question time, as they walk in there and all that, why can't they have a, an Australian epic song to walk out to, and then even if they don't pick it themselves, subconsciously, it'll be in their brain. What about that? I, I think it'd be fantastic. If, I, I, I'll tell you what I'd love in question time. If one of the politicians stood up to mental as anything's live it up. Live it up. Because everyone in there has got a sad face. Uh, they can all come to our place and live it up, can't they? Uh, pff, I like that. Yeah. I think that was a hit in England as well. Was live it? it up. Yeah. Um, and maybe do some, just some trivia there. Imagine that. Oh, that'd be quality. That could work all right. Diz, what about the uh, women's ashes? Some good stuff yeah, there. Brilliant. England finished on a high note. It was an amazing game last night. T20. The scores, 
England six for 181, Australia two for 178, batting first. So England won by four wickets, but two hundreds in one T20 game. So Beth Mooney, wow, she smoked them everywhere, 117 off 70 balls. So you think you'd be home. Mm. But Danny Wyatt for England, first ever T20 hundred for an English woman. 56 deliveries, got them home by by four wickets. So to think of where the game's gone that far, that 360 runs were scored in close to 40 overs is phenomenal. Because it's only been in the recent part, last few years, where you watch a T20 international um, and it is maybe 120 v 110. So on on par with a run of ball. This is off the rails now. Off the charts, and it's great, and it just shows. You know, I think you know it correlates with the professionalism that's coming to the game. Um, You know, the game, the the women's game, has has probably been caught up in terms of the respect that's been shown. Um, The girls are. I wonder if the individual T Twenty competitions have helped as well. Without a doubt, well, actually, just playing more and, and. being in those situations in games. You can, you can train as much as you want in the nets, but un- until you're out there in the middle, find yourself in different situations, having to adapt your game, this is what it's all about. And that's why we're seeing improvements in the men's game as well in T20. Uh, we've seen that over the years, the and we're seeing rates. that now. So in the end, Aussie captain Rachel Haynes was presented the, the Ashes Trophy from uh, mm. Aussie legend Belinda Clark. You've got to remember, this is without Meg Lanning. Mm. And then there was some great performances mm. from, from younger players. Yeah. Oh, Ash Gardner, as you mentioned. Amanda Jade Wellington. The leg spin. Uh, leg spinner. She's fantastic. Megan shoots and in Megan. swingers. What about them? She swings them both ways, doesn't she? She's, <laughs> she's a fine exponent uh, swinging the ball. Like, she's a fantastic bowler and, and leads the attack very well. Okay, time for, I don't know if you know this segment, Hodgie's Social Media Self Promoter Awards. I so, do know the segment. I'm... You know, a year ago, celebrities, sports people, they're, they're just tweeting, Instagram, Facebook, you know, without accountability. And one man has made it his own personal responsibility to, <laughs> to scour the net. And if you self-promote yourself, if you promote something that might give you something free down the track, this man, Bradley Hodge, will know you. Hodgey, can you take us through your social media self-promoter award, please? Right, here we go. Well, I'm going to start off with, uh, seems how there's a fast-bowling cartel there today. Um, Patrick Cummings is our first cab off the rank, and his social self-media self-promotions, the day I lost 6.5 kilos, so he's got a picture of himself looking tasty on Bondi Beach, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done, but it was no longer me versus my body. Um, Patty, come on. Um, we know bowling fast is, is difficult, but there's nothing more harder than that. that. That's just saying you're a pretty tough, strong, fast bowler. Yeah. I think that's out there to just that's say, look, I'm, I'm tough. Um, what the funny thing was on this, though, that this wasn't actually – there was a bit of self-promotion that Craig Simmons actually retorted to this actual tweet, and he right. says, well, that – that reminds me of the day that I ate a couple of hot dogs on the way to the ground. I put on 6.5 <laughs> kilos and I got a duck when I got there. <laughs> so I did like that. I wasn't sure whether that was promotion or non-self-promotion That's from Craig awesome. Simmons. Yeah, but we like that. Um, our next cap off the rank is uh, another fast bowling cartel. And I love this one because it's brought Matthew Hayden back into the social media world. And this is the great Showback. Yeah, so for no particular reason at all, Showback does 
put his wickets on at, at the wacker ground. And he's got him coming around the wicket and knocking Matthew Hayden's off stump out of the ground. So Shoab's just kindly said, throw back to the good old days, first test match of the wacker. What a match it was. It was always fun playing against Matthew Hayden, Shoab Akhtar, blah, 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 hashtag Rural Pindi Express. Oh, oh wow. What? Yeah. That's so social we, media taunting. Isn't it? Isn't it? So that is, um, that's just, that's just blatant uh, self-promotion of one's definite ability. And yeah, look, because, let's be honest. Was there any retort from Matty Hayden? No, nah, well, there's no, as I said, there's no, there's no Wi-Fi out on the Hayden oh, Way vessel yeah. while he's, you know, the V8 supercars are up in Townsville. I'm sure he's hot nomming up there this week, catching some marlin offshore, doing the Hayden Way. Yeah. Um, we'll but we'll wait photo. for something. We'll wait for something. Um Next one is uh, a return to the fold again from KP. So, you know, a serial offender, Kevin golf. Peterson. Golf? No, not, not golf. golf. Um, but, look, he's, out, he's on his way out here to the Ashes. So he's obviously in, on the commentary team, the big fella, and probably coming out here for some big bash as well. But he said, this is his tweet, heard plenty about the at Singapore Airlines suites. So giving them a go to the hashtag Ashes, See you soon, Aussies. Love you. So this is the first class suite which he's flying out in the Singapore Airlines. So, you know, he's, he can't get much cruder than that, actually. Just rubbing it into the plebs, showing them that the first class suites. So another good show there from, from uh, Calvin Peterson. He's just so educating well done. the common man. Isn't he? Isn't he? So... Whatever he's doing, it's, but we love it because that's why we love KP. Um, <laughs> now, this is a dolphin from Philip Bro, who's uh, in uh, Michael Vaughan. So we've gone for an Ashes flavour this, this yeah. week. Um, Michael Vaughan has tweeted up, decisions made at Callaway Golf oh. EU, you know, clubs packed. Pretty sure I'll be getting a few days off when England win inside five days. Yeah. We know that as soon as you mention some form of product, yeah. uh, it's free. It's free. We know it's free. And the cricket comment doesn't throw you off the scent, does it? No. No chance. That's free just, golf clubs. We, we're on to that. We yeah. know that. Um, so that's the... I've only got four. Yeah. So I went, for, I went for a fast bowling cartel because, you know, I knew that the big Dijuan was on. Um, and it was a mullet off in the dressing room between you two, yes. and uh, and the two English boys there, and KP and Michael Vaughan. So it's a short spiel this week, but no, pretty cool anyway. There's big boats here. I, I mean, I'm, I'll go one, two. Out of all of them, I think Paddy Cummins, um, and I loved it from from Craig Simmons the reply. I'm going to give him one vote. I'm going to give yep. Warney two, you know, for the golf clubs because the other two are off the rails. Mm. Three votes to KP. We love him. Uh, I don't even know is Mr. Consistency with self-promotion. I don't think there's been a week and hasn't had a vote, Hodgie. No, nah, no, nah, nah. he's a serial offender, no doubt. But if I could give double votes, show up actor. Well, I mean, many of us sometimes, you know, we've got a lot of Indian followers. They might yeah. send some footage of your career and, you know... I'm always a bit hesitant to retweet it. I might like it, yeah. but Shoab's actually got his own footage <laughs> and yeah. put it out on social media. Yeah. Taunted yeah. Big Dossie. There'll be, watch um, the Hayden Way, because there'll, there'll be a comeback somewhere here. But that, that's four votes, maximum votes for Shoab Acto.
Okay, our guide to, and you're going to take us through this, Diz, our guide to, or your guide to, having a beer after a bowling day. Take us through it. Yeah, beer after a bowling day. Where, where this happened, um, Flynn, was, well, where this started, was we were playing at the Gabba. Gabba, yes. Against England, uh, early 2000s. I think it was 2 3 from memory. And we we got wind during the match that at some point a couple of the Brisbane Lions AFL players were going to come into our dressing room and just just come in for a beer and socialise. Well, the King, Shane Warne, and we call him the King because he insisted on us calling him that. But he was the King. I remember about mid 90s after he'd been a legend for years, I was batting with him and I said, Shot King. But I was playing against New South Wales, and Maui Matthews at cover goes, hey, man, I'm the king. So I think he'd been going under the king right. um, court in New South Wales. Wales. And in shield cricket, he was, wasn't he? He was Absolutely. a really good player. But, player. but I did turn and go, oh, I think there's a new king in town. Yeah. You um, can't warn Matthews. Oof, I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, there's, a, there's a passing of the torch with these things. Yes. Um, but Warren is excited. He's a big Aussie we're, rules we're, man. Big Aussie rules fan. And, and so after this day's play, normally the great man is... One of, if not the last man off. Because, no. you know, look, the, the centre of the ground is, is his theatre. Yes. You know, it is, that's his, he's up on stage. That's his, his moment. He's always hotter than everyone. And yeah. He's done more the work. The fans which, get to wait, you know, who's the last, the person, they get one last look, look at of the king. The great man. Yeah. But we see this puff of dust as we're just, you know, stumps are drawn, the umpires are taking the bales off, and the king is. Warnie's making a first. beeline for the, he was first by the length of the straight, and he's in the we're all looking at each other. What's going on here? And sure enough, we we arrive in the dressing rooms, and not long followed after by a couple of the AFL lads who were coming in, and there is the man, the great man, SK Warn in the corner already, shirt off, in his, his pants off, just in the bike shorts, ice pack on the knee, he's got. Dart in one hand, he's got VB in the other. A beer. He's got a beer, and which I know would be a surprise to you. Not a noted beer drinker. Like no, not a noted beer a more drinker. More Maduri Adam. lemonade. Yeah. West Coast cooler. Cooler. But a cold beer. Okay. A, a cold beer, and so we've walked so what's, in. What's in the dressing room? What's going on there? Well, there's there's a bit of muffled commotion <laughs> amongst the boys, just in low tones. Oh, have a have a look at the king. He's just. Um, Sucking back on a on a brewski there because he, he wanted to give off the impression that he's the old school cricketer. Yeah. You know, he's the he worked hard and he did. He worked really hard that day. Oh, no, there's beautiful. no harder work on the course uh, on, uh, the, on the, field the field than uh, Shane. A- absolutely. Um, but he but knowing that the we, we worked of an it Australian out. cricketer is they're drinking beer after the day's play, aren't yep. they? Old school ice pack on the knee, yep. dart out of the hanging out of the gob. So we realised that. Said, oh, okay, the AFL boys are in. So they've come in and. He's made them feel very welcome, as he as he always did. He was wonderful like that. So they go and sit either side of of the king, and he's holding court, which is what he did. Um, and his element. But yeah, no one had said it. No one was going to say anything. No one dared say anything or question the king. But but we had one ace up our sleeve, and that was that the great Glenn McGrath, yes. who had not appeared in the dressing room as yet. So I think he was doing some media. Appear equal of worn. Appear equal of worn, and one of the guys, a bit like a Mark War type, would. Say what everyone else is thinking. Straight down the line. No country boy. No flies on him. No. So the big pidge um, walks in. 
He takes a glance. He has a second look, and then he's very particular. Pidge, he takes his baggy green off and puts it on the hook, and he's just sitting down, unlacing his boots, and then he, he finally, he can't stand it any longer. He gets up and, Warnie, what is going on here? And Warnie sort of just stops, and he's wide-eyed. Oh, 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 what, Pidge? Pidge, what? Oh, he knows what? what's coming. What? Is he, he knows what's coming. And Pidge has gone, um, what are you doing drinking a beer? And he's gone, oh, what, what, what? what? And, mate, and Pidge has gone, Warnie, I played test cricket with you for 10 years, and I've never seen you drink a beer. And Warnie's response is now in the Australian dressing room folklore. <laughs> Oh, oh, Pidge, I, I, I always have a beer on a bowling day. <laughs> wow. Well, wow. You, you could have heard a pin drop. Boom. Boom. So from that moment on, I was sitting, I happened to be just sitting there, um, just quietly uh, minding my own business, and I look to my right, and I see our big-eared wicketkeeper, oh, Mr yeah. Gilchrist, and then I look further to my right, and I see our... Um, esteemed left-handed batsman who's now coach of Australia, yeah. Darren Scott. You're all thinking the same thing. We're right? all thinking the same thing. And what we're thinking is, well, the king has said he has a beer <laughs> after every bowling day. We will make sure that he has a beer after every bowling day. So we made a pact that one of us, after each day's play, when we're out in the field, one of us will hightail it off the ground, race in, <laughs> open Open a lovely, ice cold, frosty beer and just lovingly place it on the king's gear near his fags and just let let him enjoy after that. After every day. After every, every field bowling day. day. Because, yeah. you know, he, he so needed. you get off early, he'd be last and yeah. you'll be sitting there looking Where at the, the cold beer waiting for his reaction. Absolutely. And how'd he go? And he's a was, proud man. He's, he's a very proud man. There are a few teapots, <laughs> uh, hands on the hips. Uh, but yeah. to his credit... For those first four test matches, to his credit, he's a stubborn man. He wouldn't let anyone in. He so wouldn't let anyone know. And... He is sitting oh. down and that beer is going down like absolute razor blades. Everyone in, everyone in the dressing room, all the players, all the support staff and the like, everyone's in on the joke. We've, it's gone around like Chinese whispers very quickly after that first test. So everyone has a little bit of a giggle. Because all we're waiting for is the great man's reaction. Yeah. And at this point, he hasn't given us a reaction other than a very slow consuming of the product. But where it all, <laughs> where the proverbial hit the fan, Flem, was in the fifth test in Sydney. The king had a decidedly, we'd had a decidedly hot day out there and the king has, has come off last as per usual. And we're in the dressing room and there was a nice cold beer. Frosty. Frosty. Lovingly placed on the great man's spot. And he's coming. And he's kicking cans. He's, he's a bit grumpy. He's, he's a bit hot and bothered, the great man. All he wants to do is go in, sit down, maybe have a shower and just have a doig and just and be done with it. And there it is. There it is. There it is, sitting on his kit. And can't drink itself. It can't drink itself. He's always had, he's said, he, you could just see him wrestling with this dilemma. You know, oh, I've told everyone that I have a beer on a bowling day, but God, I'm so annoyed here. And that annoying, it broke the seal. It, it broke, the seal. it broke the camel's back and he lost it. And he started to, who the hell is doing, who keeps leaving this bloody beer on my spot? And yeah, he was, he was a bit upset, the great man. And then he realised that when everyone to a man in that dressing room and was, in everyone, on it. was in on it and everyone burst out laughing. Me. 
we won that little battle. Um, he conceded. And he conceded, <laughs> and he looked, he's looking around the room, because he's searching for the culprits. Yeah. And then he sees three sniggering idiots in the corner, <laughs> Messrs Gillespie, Gilchrist, and Lehman, and he knew. And to this day... He hasn't spoken no, to me. No, well, you don't. You can get a... Yeah. a, he's, been a bit grump, he's been a bit grumpy with his old mate Diz, but, you know, look, all is forgiven. I jokes aside. No, I love forgiven. that. So that you have your guide to uh, a beer after bowling day. <laughs> Make sure you actually like beer. But, but, yeah. yeah. Enjoy beer. And, yeah, that, that's the... That's our guide. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Diz, we've got to finish up here. And, well, thanks for coming on the Bowlology Report as well. Um, how's the Gabba going to uh, play out, the Gabba Test match? Yeah, look, I think it's going to be a... Uh, a good test. I think it'd be a little bit closer than people think, but I, I just have a nagging suspicion that with the Australian bowling lineup, I, I think it's got a little bit more firepower, um, a little bit more variation than the English attack. Um, I think the English attack is a little bit samey, uh, right arm seamers. I think with the the differential with the Australian, you've got Stark left arm, of course, oh, but swings the new swing. ball, swings the old ball. Um, you know, I think for for his improvement as a bowler, he has to learn when the ball's not doing a lot to to lock in on on that discipline line and length. Yep. Yeah, just just be able to play that little holding role if required by the yep. captain. Um, Paddy Cummins, I don't want people to have it's too his many. first test in Australia. Absolutely, I don't want people to have too much expectation on him. We know how exciting he is, and he, he's he's going to do fine. Yeah, but I don't want people to expect he's going to take six wickets a test. Is that I don't see him as that bowler moving forward. Um, I see he'll he'll be a very disciplined bowler, line and length, but he'll have really good pace um, and be able to bowl those short penetrating oh, spells with bounces and things like that. I, I see the key to the Australian success is Josh Hazelwood. I think with his unnerving accuracy and his long penetrative spells, yep. supported by Stark um, Cummins and Nathan Lyon and will play an yes. important role. I think he'll get two to three wickets a test and play a very good role this summer. Now, I totally agree with that. I think we've got more opportunity to get 20 wickets. This is a danger game for, for the Poms. We haven't lost there since 1988 um, either against yeah. the West Indies. But uh, do you know if there's any Brisbane Lions players coming in? Because I might oh, forewarn the, the boys yeah, that I'm not it, might be a, it might be a beer after a bowling day. Yeah, day I, but, uh, day yeah, one I'm, at the Gabba. Yeah, I'm not sure that they'll have a beer after a bowling day these days. But um, but yeah, I think just double I'm going to get in there. I'm going to place four beers if we bowl first for all of them. Oh, yeah, but, okay, for perfect. All four Mate, of them. you need to put back in what the sweat takes out, Damien. Well, that's the way it is. Dez, thanks for that. Pleasure, mate. And to take us out, we don't have Ace and DC, but you know, we've got we've got Bevo. We've got Bevo. Beautiful. Take us out, Bevo. When you're feeling low Only hate the road when you're missing home Only know you love her when you let her go Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags And so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.